All right. If you're in business, you have to remember one thing that no matter what business you're in, one day it's probably going to die. That sounds cryptic, but it's just the truth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to really dig in and talk about what does that actually mean? Like, how can I prevent my business from dying or at least keep it as far away as possible? And we're also going to talk about what it means to innovate and how to cannibalize your own business so that you can keep it producing for you and for the world as long as possible. So stay tuned because this is a really important episode if you own a business or are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur sometime in the near future. Welcome to the Money, Love, and Freedom Podcast, where you'll develop the mindset and skills to create a life of total abundance, from business and health to wealth and love. Discover what it takes to live a life of freedom on your terms. And now, your host, Coach George Wang. Hello, Freedom Fighters, and welcome to this episode of the Money, Love, and Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Coach George Wang, helping you to sell more, serve more, and live better. And today, maybe is kind of a cryptic episode, uh, at least the name is, but it's something that we all have to keep in mind, specifically if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or want to be one sometime in the future. The big lesson for the day is we have to remember that all of our businesses and even our industry will one day die. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the life cycle of a business. Like what stages does a business and sometimes even an industry go through before it ultimately dies? And how do we keep it from dying? How do we push that as far out as possible and protect ourselves in a really fast changing economy? First, let's like look at a smaller little example. And let's use the music industry and Apple to highlight this. So in the year 2000, maybe a little bit before then, most of us were listening to music on Walkmans and Discmans. I don't know if you remember those things. It was like this box that you used to carry around and you have to push a cassette tape into it. You didn't list, get to choose whatever song you listened to. You just played through and whatever song came next came next and you'd listen to the same thing over and over again. This was in 2000. And during this time period, the music industry and record sales were at $36.9 billion annually. So almost a $37 billion industry at the time. In 2001, the iPod came out and it revolutionized everything because you can all of a sudden purchase music and have MP3 stored on your iPod, thousands of songs, and you could pick and choose what you want to listen to, when you want to listen to it. And what happened? Almost immediately, things started to change. In 2000, the music industry was at $36.9 billion. 2001 drops to 33.7. 32.3 in 2002. Got to remember, this is a huge industry that everybody thought was completely untouchable but immediately it started going down. Fast forward to 2020, 
the music industry revenue right now is about $21.6 billion, which if you count for inflation, by the way, in $2,000, that's only $14 billion. Right, so if you think about back in 2000, they were 36.9 versus 14 during that time. That's a huge slash in the industry. But anyway, in 2020 dollars, the music industry's revenue was 21.6 billion. Now, Apple, forget about the sales of their iPhones, their iPods, iPads, Macs, MacBooks, MacBook Pros, everything. Just the App Store. You know, when you log into your phone, if you have an Apple uh, iPhone and you you know, open up that app store and maybe every once in a while you buy something for a dollar or two dollars, whatever. The app store revenue alone, forget about all their other products, was $72.3 billion. $72.3 billion. Think about this. From one single thing, just the app store, just the app store brings in almost four times the revenue of the entire music industry. Now, what happened? In 2000, all the record companies thought that they were untouchable. And here's this little company called Apple, which, by the way, if you don't recognize and you're not old enough to remember, before the year 2000, Apple almost went bankrupt. They were not really that relevant, to be honest, before the year 2000. And then what happened? This little thing called an iPod came out. And nobody really paid attention because there's this company that's just kind of struggling wrong. And the music industry is this big behemoth and nobody can touch us. We're the music industry. We're the record labels. Here's a little lesson for you. Whatever business you're in, whatever industry you're in, it is not untouchable. It is always ripe for disruption. And we've got to really keep that at heart because we don't want to be like the music industry. We don't want to not see what's coming and be completely cannibalized by somebody that we just didn't know was coming up, right? Think about Blockbuster and Netflix. Blockbuster thought they dominated the home movie industry. I don't know if you know this, but uh, a long time ago, Netflix offered to sell Blockbuster for something like $50 million, I think. And this was a time when Blockbuster was worth, I think, around $4 billion was their market cap at the time. And Netflix was willing to sell for just $50 million. Now what happened today? Blockbuster, basically bankrupt. Netflix, $489 billion market cap as of this recording. This is huge. So nothing's untouchable. So let's break this down. How do we prevent this from happening? First, let's take a look at the life cycle of a business. And it's kind of similar to a human life cycle. If we can make that comparison, right? First, you know, we're infants, right? And a business has an infancy stage where everything is green. Like we're new to everything. Like we've got to learn everything and it's messy. We've got to learn how to walk. We've got to learn how to talk. Like we don't know anything about what's going on. And a business starts off the same way. We don't know what product to sell. We don't know who's going to buy them. We don't, we basically know nothing <laughs> as, as at the beginning start of a business. Then we go into the toddler phase 
And, you know, the toddler phases, we begin to learn how to walk. You know, we begin to learn how to talk. We kind of like mumble our words and stumble. And a business kind of goes through that phase also where we're beginning to figure out who our customers are. We're beginning to figure out what our message is. And there's at least some forward momentum, even though it's pretty messy, there's momentum moving forward. Then we get older and then we kind of go through the teenage phase, right? We become kids and then we eventually become kids and teenagers. And now things are starting to roll. We have some real momentum. We kind of are beginning to develop our identities. Here's what happens at the teenage phase. We think we're untouchable, right? You were a teenager at one point. You probably thought you were untouchable, that you would live forever. Nothing bad could ever happen to you. What happens to some teenagers, though, is they take on some really big risks. And that's what all teenagers do. That's what happens in the the teenage phase of a business is you start to take on some additional risk. Maybe you're expanding to other markets. Maybe you're starting to pump a lot of money into new ads. Uh, You know, all these different types of risks. Some teenagers get into drunk driving accidents and die. That's just the truth of it. And that happens to businesses also. Some businesses jump the gun and think they're ahead of the curve when they're really not ready for it yet, and they die at this phase as well. Then, if you're lucky enough as a business owner to survive the teenage years, you go into young adulthood. And this is when we're beginning to figure out life. We're beginning to get some maturity. We're really ready to start to plan for the future, right? This business is now having some experiences, some customers, some real feedback, and we kind of are ready to dial down and plan for the long term, which is then adulthood. We're in full adulthood next. And this is when things are good, right? This is a great time because we're finally able to kind of pick from the fruits of our labor, because, you know, we, we've survived infancy, infancy, we've been a toddler, we struggled through that time period, we went through that weird, awkward teenage age, and we actually hunkered down as a young adult and planned for things. And now in adulthood, we can begin to enjoy life a little bit. Things are good. We just have to, you know, keep steady, even pressure on the gas pedal to keep things moving in our business. What happens at this phase, the big danger of this phase is complacency. And if we become too complacent in our business, then we fall into the next stage, which is aging. This is when things begin to break down. The business starts to fall apart. Some of those old systems we used to have don't hold up like they used to. And we begin to become a little bit irrelevant as a business. And if we continue on this path, this is ultimately going to end in the death of the business. We just don't exist anymore. When was the last time you stepped into a blockbuster? Maybe never. Not for years, years and years and years. I think there's only like five left in the country. I don't really remember. There's a few left here and there. But for the most part, it's dead. All businesses will eventually die. That is true. However, the difference between a business and a human is that a business can last a very, very, very long time, way past any human life, hundreds and hundreds of years potentially. But how do you do it? How do you prevent a business from dying and keep it alive for as long as possible, especially in a fast-changing economy like we live in right now? 
well, here's what happens. Here's how we, here's what happens, right? In adulthood, some people think that this is going to last forever. When times are good and we're kind of strolling and reaping the benefits, some people think that this will last forever. This is when we really need to not get complacent because that's the big danger in adulthood is we begin to get complacent. We think we own the land. We own the territory. This is my house. Nobody gets to step on my house, but that's not true. Anybody has the, this is a free market society we live in. Anybody could step in any single time. And so during adulthood, this is when we need to take some of what we're earning, some of the profits from the business and reinvest in being a teenager again. We need to split off and create a division or put some people on some new tasks and invest some money and take some new risks like a teenager would take. Try some new things. And this is the problem, right? In adulthood, a lot of people become resistant. You know, they say things like, you know, we've always done it this way or it's not our business, right? We don't, we don't do that in our business. That's what the music industry said. You know, they said we always sold records. We sold CDs. Like, no way are people going to listen to music on their computers. What's this MP3 thing? Who cares about MP3s? Well, nobody cared until Apple found a way to very stylistically, conveniently, and nicely be able for anybody to hold thousands of MP3s in their pocket and play any song at any given time. The music industry did not look ahead. They got complacent with what they were doing. So did Blockbuster. Blockbuster got complacent. They said, oh, who cares about mail-in DVDs? We, we know this better than anybody. Well... Here comes Netflix. So here's the rule. You've got to innovate, especially in adulthood. Don't innovate too early because when you're a teenager, that's all you're doing, right? You're just innovating. Well, once you're in that adulthood phase of your business, you've got to go back to the innovation table. You've got to take some new risks. Find some way to deliver your core competencies again or create some new core competencies create a different division. Like look at GE. GE has like, I don't know, they sell like everything. Right? They sell TVs, they sell refrigerators, they sell, you know, laundromats, they build jet engines. I mean, they, they do so much stuff. You can't be scared of change. You've got to embrace it. That's one of the only things that's consistent in the world. Change, death, and taxes are the only few things that I can promise you are definitely going to happen in your lifetime. So don't be scared of it. Just embrace it for what it is and use it and know that your business is going to have to change over time if you want it to survive. So there's a few ways you can do this, right? There's lots of ways. Okay, I'm going to give you two examples, but there's lots of ways. Okay, so don't, don't think that these are the only two. But one way is you can repurpose your same product. So Campbell's Soup is a good example of this in, I don't know, like in the 90s or something like that. Campbell's Soup just sold soup. And, you know, over time, soup sales slowed. Other people came in the market. People maybe drank less soup. I don't know. But it just, the, the canned soup started to slow down. So I don't know if you remember what they did is they took that same product and they started packaging it with recipes that you could use the same product for the same soup can but instead you know take that cream of mushroom soup 
and instead create a creamy pasta sauce for your pasta and things like that. And they decided to turn their soups into not just soup, but also recipes. And that kind of repurposed the same product and got it into a different, mar- well, same market, but different utility factor. Instead of just making soup and putting it in a pot and making it, now you could make noodles out of it. You can make, you know, cream of mushroom pasta you can make chicken with cream of mushroom sauce Uh, you could do all different things with this campbell soup another way you can do this is by cannibalizing your own product meaning you find whatever instead of trying to protect your own product and somebody else making you obsolete try to make yourself obsolete by creating the next thing that's going to kill your own business and your own product This is what Apple does, by the way. Apple's famous for cannibalizing themselves. You know, iPod sales were huge, but they cannibalized their own product. They killed the iPod, basically, by inventing the iPhone. So there's a story I can't, I'm pretty sure I read about this in Steve Jobs' biography. I I don't 100% remember. But basically, the story was that there were two executives, a Microsoft executive and an Apple executive, were traveling to some function together. And Microsoft made this new MP3 player. And, you know, this Microsoft exec showed the Apple executive. And it's like, hey, take a look at this. And it's much better than the iPod. Play with it. And then so the Apple executive did. And he listened to it. He played with it. He used it. And he's like, you know what? This is a better product. Good for you. And that's it. And the Microsoft guy was shocked. He's like, are you not scared? Because you know what Microsoft was doing? Microsoft was playing a Me Too game. They're saying like, oh, how can I do the same thing you're doing instead of entirely trying to cannibalize the entire product itself? But Apple knew that somebody would try to do this, make a better version of their product, and they wanted to cannibalize the entire thing. And that's why they created the iPhone. And if I had to guess, the Apple exec knew that the iPhone was coming. That's why he just didn't care. He's like, you you, you go ahead and make a better P3 player. We're about to make a phone, a device that you can call on, surf the internet on, use as your iPod and listen to your music to so much more than just a little MP3 player. Apple has a strong belief that if you don't cannibalize yourself, somebody else will. Amazon has a similar belief where they say every day is day zero, meaning that one day Amazon will die. So we're going to treat today as if it's the first day of our business and always keep trying to innovate, always think of what's next, always think of what's new to try to keep us growing as a business. And that's why these two companies are so big. Apple and Amazon together are two of the largest companies in the world at this time. I'm pretty sure they're number one and number two. They always seem to be battling back and forth between which is number one and number two. And you notice that they both have the same philosophy. How do we keep taking risks? How do we keep innovating? How do we keep going beyond what we're already doing? How can we create a business that's going to put ourselves out of business instead of letting somebody else do that? Because somebody else will. Don't hold on to what you've always been doing because you think you should or because you think you deserve it. Keep innovating. I sell programs online. People can log into a website and go to my courses, sign on Zoom and do some one-on-one training with me. One day that might not be relevant anymore. So I need to keep my ears and my eyes open. Will it be AR next? Will it be VR? I don't know. 
but I'm keeping my eyes and my ears wide open. I'm constantly reading the new technology news, what's coming out next. And by the way, I think AR and VR will be some some interesting things coming up in the future. I don't know how I'm going to use them yet, but I know that that's something I have to stay on top of just in case. The point is don't be complacent. Embrace change. Find ways to repurpose your product. Find ways to innovate in a revolutionary way that has the ability to make your current product entirely irrelevant. That's how you stay ahead and that's how you continually live an entrepreneurial life of freedom on your terms. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because every week we're bringing you awesome episodes just like this and incredible guests. So make sure you're subscribed. And while you're there, give us a rating and a review. I would appreciate it so much. And until next week, take care. And we will be back here again this time, same place, same channel next Monday.